Shalom Aleichem, good evening. Welcome to letter number 24. Before we get started tonight, just wanted to mention uh, tonight's shear is dedicated to Mrs. Lifsha Weissman for tireless efforts in arranging the 30 Letters kickoff event in Chicago. And also in honor of the Goldman family of Oklahoma City for their pu'ulais in strengthening his kashas to the Rebbe. Also, we want to mention that if you would like to support and sponsor a shear to go to 30letters30days.org and uh, dot .com. I'm sorry, 30letters30days.com and also to RSVP for the Women's Fabrengen, Monday night, April 11th. There is a maximum capacity in the venue of about 100 people. Uh, last night, it was already at 80. So, And I think people have been registering all day long. So really, you have to RSVP uh, right away. Uh, the, the venue is going to fill up, and then once it does... I guess the only option will be people will have to join by live stream, but uh, there's limited space at the venue. So go to 30letters30days.com to reserve your spot. Okay, tonight's letter is a short letter, but I feel like it's an intense letter. It's speaking about an issue, well, so many of our letters were speaking about ideas that people struggle with in real life. But uh, this one's a particularly, I think, uh, poignant issue. And we've had letters that speak about parenting. This isn't the first letter about parenting. But let's look at the letter, and I think you're going to agree with me that the particular situation that these parents are in and their feelings and their concerns. Um, it's something that uh, it touches a nerve. And Baruch Hashem, we have the Rebbe's, a glimpse into the Rebbe's perspective on such a situation. It's a letter about parents who are concerned about an adult child and his future because apparently he is not doing very well spiritually. And I will leave it at that and allow the letter to uh, speak for itself. Baruch Hashem Yud Ches Shvat Tovshin Tesvav Brooklyn Shalom this is the 18th day of Shvat, and Rebbe says Shalom Avracha, but this is not written to an individual. It's not written just to the husband. It seems it's written to the husband and the wife, to the parents together. Nimsrali bakoshes bracha Your request for a blessing for your son, plural, yours, uh, was conveyed to me. Your son, may he be well. 
and regarding his conduct. You understand what's happening here? Parents writing into the Rebbe asking for a blessing for their child because the way that he's living right now is not the way that they raised him. And they're asking for a blessing. So you can imagine the the pain and the concern and the fear that these parents have. And it's evident from some clues in the letter, this is not a child, it's not even a teenager, it's an older child. I'm not sure if that makes it uh, less scary or more scary. They say, Kleine Kinder, Kleine Tzoros. Greisa Kinder, Greisa Tzoros. And, uh, you know, the bigger the kids are, the higher the stakes are. It's fairly apparent. We'll, we'll read in the letter that this is a, an, an adult child. At a propitious time, I will mention your son at the oil, at the resting place of my Rebbe, my father-in-law. Specifically regarding awe of heaven, meaning that your son should progress in the area of Yiras Shemaim, of awe of heaven, meaning of Torah observance. La Kidaboy and proper conduct. There's the Yiras Shemaim, that's the perspective. Hanhoga Kidaboy means the application. So to have the right beliefs and the right behaviors. And also, I will mention him, when I mention him for a blessing at the oil, in addition, I will mention a blessing for him that he should be able to build a house within Israel. That means to get married, to start a Jewish home. We, called it, we call it binyan bias b'Yisrael, but it really means to start a Jewish home built upon the foundations of Torah mitzvahs, in other words, a from observant Jewish home. So the parents, that's why I say this is an adult child, or at least it's not a overly uh, young child. He's not a, not, a, not a teenager, I don't suppose. And the parents are very concerned about this child's level of Yiddishamayim and the fact that he's... He should be, or they wish he were starting a family at this point. And these are the brachas that the Rebbe is asking, that the parents are asking for the Rebbe to uh, daven for them. Um, and as I said, you can well imagine the, the feelings of the parents and, the, and their fears as they write this letter. Okay. However, it is self-understood. Now, the Rebbe just said, I got your petition for prayer. I got your requests. That's taken care of. At a propitious time, I'm going to mention this all at the oil specifically, that your son 
should be blessed to gain in Yiddishamayim and in proper religious conduct and to start a Jewish family that's founded upon the right morals and principles. Got it. That's done. However, the Rebbe says, I want to mention a couple things that should be understood on their own. Aleph, number one. Regarding this, what you write, that you've done according to all of the advice, and it's still dot, 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 that ever doesn't finish the sentence. It's apparent that they wrote and said, listen, We've been taking advice. Perhaps even they are referring to the Rebbe's advice. Maybe they were in correspondence with the Rebbe earlier and the Rebbe gave them advice how to deal with their, their son. Uh, or maybe they mean advice they got from others, maybe from rabbis, from professionals. Who knows? The point is they wrote to the Rebbe, it's apparent, and said, we're doing what we were told to do and our son is still the way that he is. So that's something that they said to the Rebbe. Basically, like, what are we supposed to do? We followed the instructions. We asked for advice. We, we took the advice. We implemented the advice. It's not working. So listen to what the Rebbe says. In such matters as these, you have to do, and repeat and do. Do again. And with each doing, with each action, you will bring closer that which you seek. That, with that which you're trying to accomplish, you will gradually bring closer with one act at a time. Especially if... When you act, you do so sincerely, what the Rebbe refers to as words that come from the heart. So that's the first point that Rebbe makes. After telling them, I'm going to daven for you. Because the first answer is, you want me to daven for you, for your son? I'm, you got it, I'm davening for your son. Now, comments? I got two comments. Comment number one is, you told me you're doing what you were told to do and it's not working. It's not working. <sighs> the Rebbe is saying, <laughs> it is working. It works gradually. And you're in a marathon, not a sprint. So don't give up and don't stop. You know, there was a sicha, Yud Shvat sicha, where the Rebbe was speaking about Chamisha Asr B'Shvat, which is Rosh Hashanah Lilonis. And the Rebbe was talking about lessons that we can learn from a tree. One of the lessons you can learn from a tree is that sometimes it can take many, many years before the tree bears fruit. And that we should take this to heart that when, that when we're dealing with a person, a person is compared to a tree. Taita says that a person, ki sometimes, you have to be ready to invest in the long term. And don't think that because you acted once and twice or even a hundred times and you didn't see a change that nothing's happening. It could be like a tree 
where a lot of the growth is happening in ways that the naked eye cannot perceive. And you have to just wait season after season until finally you see fruit. So the Rebbe tells these parents, don't tell me you did what you were supposed to do. You got to keep doing it. Don't stop. You know about the, the guy who lived to 100. They came to the nursing home and they asked him, how did you live to 100? And he says, well, uh, there's two things. I drank a glass of buttermilk every day and uh, I walked a mile every day. So uh, somebody said, well, my grandfather, he also did the same thing. He drank a glass of buttermilk every day and he walked a mile every day and he died at 70. And the 100-year-old says, he didn't do it long enough. <laughs> That's a problem. He didn't do it long enough. So the Rebbe is saying here, I hear what you're saying, that you have taken the advice, but you haven't done it long enough. You think that it's something that you just do it and now it's over? You got to keep doing it and don't stop. So that's the first comment. In other words, if I can just sort of use my own words here, this isn't a quick fix. It's a way of life. You're going to have to change the way that you deal with your child. And you cannot expect to see immediate results. It doesn't work that way. You have to be ready to invest, I would say, even more than, a, than, than the long term, I'd say, for a lifetime. This is a process, and the process never ends. So it's obvious that somebody who's in a crisis like this wants to be out of the crisis, and that I was telling them, look, we're going to daven for him, and God willing, it's all going to get better soon. But even if it does get better, it doesn't mean that uh, you stop doing what you were told to do. you got to keep it up. And what are you supposed to keep up? I don't know. It doesn't say explicitly here, but you can kind of glean from context that Rebbe says, that it should be sincere, it should be words from the heart. So it's talking about some type of genuine connection with their child, meaning it's something that has to do with an actual emotional connection, something sincere. Um, in other words, it's not just, oh, these are the magic words that you tell your wayward son and then he'll come back. No, no, no. These, this is not just a line from a script that you say. It's a whole change in attitude that you're going to have to maintain. Okay, and it's a change in the relationship that you have to maintain. Okay, that, that was Aleph. Base. Muchroch hadavar sheyu bibetochen gomer vechazek b'ashem yisborech hamafli laseis. It is imperative that you have trust in Hashem who works miraculously I think it's interesting that Ebba says here, Hamafli Lasis, Hashem who acts miraculously. In other words, don't even discount the possibility of a miracle. Because if you're in need of a miracle, okay, then Hashem will make a miracle too. Don't worry about it. You just need to rely on Hashem. You have to put your trust in Hashem. That what? Let's read. 
שסייף סייף יהפך לבב בנם לאבי דוסה יסבורך, that ultimately, sooner or later, your son's heart will be transformed to the service of Hashem. How? How does the Rebbe know? Maybe he's just telling you, look, it's not worth it to worry. So convince yourself that it'll be good in the end. No, how do we know? It's not possible that it will be any other way. It's not possible that it'll be any other way. How does the Rebbe know it's not possible? Because no neshama will be utterly thrust away. That's how I know. Because every neshama comes home. Every neshama ultimately is true to itself. Okay, so it's going through a crisis right now. That, that's all part of this craziness we call embodiment and exile and all these exacerbating circumstances that, that the neshama is beset with. But the neshama itself knows who it is and ultimately the entire person will realign itself with that truest identity and it's not possible for it to, 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 for it to transpire any other way. Ultimately, your son is going to be who he really is. And I think this is such an important concept in the Rebbe's worldview, not just about parenting, but yeah, really important to apply it in parenting. And sometimes the hardest place to apply it is parenting. And that is the belief that the natural state of every Jew is Torah and mitzvahs, that it's native and instinctive to the truest, deepest self. And therefore, when the Rebbe tells these parents, relax and trust in Hashem, this is all going to be good, what are you trusting in? Not that Hashem is going to have to intervene and make your son do something that's unnatural for him, but actually something that's much more of a slam dunk. Ultimately, your son's going to be who he truly is. Torah mitzvahs are the most natural thing in the world to the Jew. So relax and trust in the fact that your son has a neshama. What your son's doing now is a betrayal of his true self. Don't be afraid. Oh no, that's who he's become. That's not who he's become or could ever become. That's a false self. And ultimately, he will have to come back to his true self. So relax, be confident, be happy in the knowledge that inevitably the truth is going to come out and your son will be who he really is and who, he, who deep down he continues to be all along even during this, this time of crisis. Your trust in Hashem and your ability to serve Hashem joyfully even while you're going through this. 
Even though it's undeniable, there's a certain, the Rebbe calls it meridus, which means bitterness, that's unavoidably mixed in. The Rebbe is not telling them to be in denial. I understand, it's painful. Your child's in pain. Even if you know with certainty that tomorrow he's going to come back to his true self, it's still, it's hell for a parent to watch your child going through being divorced from his own true self. So I understand there's an unavoidable bitterness, even though you know ultimately it'll all work itself out. But there's still a bitterness for now. Why does he have to go through this for now? So the Rebbe says, yeah, you're going to have a certain amount of bitterness, but here's what you're going to need to do. Serve Hashem with betochen and with simcha, even in this inyan. And this, the Rebbe says, Yemaharu Hashinoi will hasten the change. In other words, I'm not just trying to make you feel better and make you worry less. I'm actually giving you a tool. We learned about this in a previous letter, about what the Zayar says about the law of reciprocity, that our mood creates our reality. Objectively. It starts subjectively, but then it becomes mirrored back to us from on high and the rich get richer. And those who are happy with what they've got already end up receiving more things to be happy about, objectively speaking. So the Rebbe says, if you can relax and realize that your boy has a neshama and he is a neshama and he will come back to himself and it's all going to be good because that's who he is and that's his essence, that Betochen and Simcha itself is going to facilitate the process of him coming back to that inevitability all the more quickly. And God willing, this should be very soon. Bivracha with blessing. Um, we've got a couple minutes here. I wanted to share something that uh, I was waiting for a night when we had a short letter. And no, I'm not trying to sell this book. Uh, this is the, the Ami letters. This happens to be volume two. There's volume one, there's volume two. These are letters that I wrote for eight years as an advice columnist in Ami magazine. And basically... The story is that uh, Yitzchok Frankfurter, the uh, editor-in-chief of Ami Magazine, came to me after interviewing me once. He'd never met me in person and said, I want you to write an advice column. And I said, I don't even know what an advice column is. He says, and nevertheless, I think you'll be good at it. So I had never read advice columns. I didn't know the genre, but I said, you know what? I'll just imitate Igris Kaidish. <laughs> so that's what I did. And there's, I just started doing a poor imitation of the Igris. And uh, it resonated with people and they liked it. So I just want to read to you something from the introduction to this book where I speak about how I came to write this column. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, I'll just write, as for my lack of experience writing in the genre, I decided to emulate as best as I could the style of the thousands of published letters of my Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Tzchosei Yogen Oleinu, printed in the collection known as Igris Kodesh. 
These letters have been a personal treasure to me in my own life. So I was excited when I realized I might have an opportunity to share with others some of what these letters have taught me. Indeed, all of the elements that have made this column so popular, Baruch Hashem, are borrowed directly from Igres. These come to mind as some of the more obvious ones. Always validate the person to whom you are speaking, even and especially when you don't agree with what they're saying. People don't care about what you know until they know that you care. Be positive. Don't let a person's problem define them. People are good and want to do the right thing. Always encourage. Momentum is powerful. Find what people are doing right, label it, praise it, and ask them to do it more. There are no set rules when it comes to people. Every human being is different. The same question from two people can require two very different answers. Don't answer the question, answer the questioner. And most importantly, look for the answer in the question. People have answers already. Listen, and they will share with you the clarity they seek. I mean, these are just some of the qualities, some of the tools that I picked up from Igris, and there are undoubtedly many, many more, and we could add to that list. But uh, just thinking about tonight's letter, the ones that jump out of me, don't let a person's problem define them, right? Person's going through crisis, that doesn't become the new them. You have to always retain that clarity of who they really are and who they never stopped being throughout it all, and that's the neshama. And the neshama will ultimately have enough gravity to pull everything back into alignment with it. Uh, Also, people are good and want to do the right thing, right? That's one of the premises over here. Ultimately, your son wants to do the right thing, and, and it's, it's, it's his truest self when he's doing the right thing. Um, and, of course, be positive and always encourage, and uh, probably some of, the, some of the other ones here that are listed, but those definitely stuck out as I was reading the list as tools that we see evidence or demonstrations of right here in this letter that we, that we just read. Anyways, a uh, powerful letter and uh, an important letter for parents and educators and really for all of us to remember that we have to be able to see in each other who we truly are. And we have to believe in it with a certainty. And that certainty that we know who you are is more real to us than whatever we're temporarily looking at with our physical eyes. Because that stuff, even though we give so much credence to the physical as if it's the absolute reality, to the contrary, that's fleeting. That passes in a moment. Physical reality comes and goes. The spiritual reality is eternal. And we have to just have that deep look when we look at each other, when we look 
at our friends, when we look at our spouses, when we look at our neighbors, when we look at our children, and ultimately when we look at ourselves, and we have to realize who we always will be and never stop being. And even if temporarily things look different, we have to remember the truth. You know, if we could take that one tool from all these letters, from the whole past three weeks, every night learning letters, if we could just hold on to that one tool, just to remember when you're looking at a Jew, who they really are, that itself is life-changing. That itself changes everything. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll see you tomorrow night.